0: Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Pick and Play podcast, where we're going to be breaking down the NFL, uh, the playoff picture, and uh, Leo, uh, you got to be excited. The Titans pretty much punched their ticket, so um, what are your thoughts the last couple weeks? Let's jump right the fuck into it. We're talking whole playoff picture, teams, outcomes, most likely scenarios. We're going to give this a little bit of a playoff preview, and let's go ahead and start Tennessee Titans. Uh, defense hasn't rounded into form but you're looking at your last couple weeks trying to lock this division up
1: defense is ass Uh, that's as simply as I can put it defense is ass however the Titans have the best offense in the NFL or at least top two if you want to give the Chiefs number one I give it to you I'm not mad at that but statistically the Titans have been the best offense in the league and that is something I'm not used to saying but it looks sustainable it looks sustainable. When you have Derrick Henry, who is closing in on 2,000 yards, I, I hope that he does it. He needs a big game on Sunday night against the Packers. Huge um, game. But Ryan Tannehill, can we talk about how Ryan Tannehill hasn't gotten his flowers? Can you explain to me why Deshaun Watson on a 4-10 and team who has not looked good at any point in the season makes the Pro Bowl over Ryan Tannehill, who's been a top three quarterback all season? Can, uh, that... can you tell me that?
0: Yeah, I can tell you why. Because because everyone feels terrible for Deshaun
1: Watson. Fuck like, Deshaun Watson.
0: I, I I get it. I totally get it. Look, Ryan Tannehill is the perfect quarterback for that for the Tennessee Titans. He's a perfect fit. You do not need to go find another quarterback for the next three to four years. Congratulations, you have your guy. He can stand in the pocket. He's he really Ryan Tannehill runs the play-action game incredibly. Run play-action with Derrick Henry. Throw the ball. Throw a good or great ball to a wide to a wide receiver who's one-on-one. This is this is a great formula. Um, I look forward to the Titans and and in, in, in their endeavors trying to push for their uh, push for the division. Um, the th- this this is the NFL somehow locked into an absolute gunfight to the end of the year. Uh your Titans play Green Bay. You guys play fucking Green Bay on Sunday night which is a fucking banger of a game i mean holy hell what a goddamn game that's gonna be that might be the you know that's that as game of the year potential written on to it um and you are tied with the colts at 10 and 4 you play what is it green bay and then you play houston to end the year so yeah be careful about that there's sean watson he may be jumping up on you um to end the year no not really you guys are gonna stomp the shit out of them but you're trying to win the division you need to be green bay who's the one seed in the nfc right now holding on to that one seed so there's a lot at stake here if you lose and the colts win you move to a wild card team
1: yeah i think it's important for the titans to get a home game in these playoffs so they really need to win the division just because anytime you're playing in a cold environment in december or in january rather uh, Derrick Henry, I, I feel like his attributes get increased by like 8, Yep. you know, and when they're playing in cold weather, so the Titans need to go ahead and, and lock in a home game, uh, just to guarantee that they're going to be in cold Nashville for at least a game, Yep. so uh, both these teams, a lot at stake like you said, the Titans and Colts are they're throwing haymakers back and forth trying to win this division uh, the the Packers need a win to hold on to that number one seed, so I I don't have any predictions for that game I just hope it's a good one I, I'm not going to jump out and say that the Titans are going to get a win here because it's going to be tough, especially against Rodgers playing at an MVP level.
0: Yep, so you're going to have to go up against Rodgers, and you're going to need the Colts to lose. Now, the AFC playoff picture is very intriguing in a different way that the NFC playoff picture is. In the NFC, we have a lot of, and I'm going to fucking just call it how I see it, you're going to at least have one losing team make the playoffs. In whoever wins a division uh, in the NFC East, and then you're probably going to have ten and six be the max of a playoff team. The Cardinals are eight and six right now, with with no one particular. The Rams are in as well. So there's no one particularly chasing, in my opinion. The Cardinals, um, they should they should be able to lock that through. But let's take a look. At, let's continue to dive through the AFC and the Colts. Actually, right now, if the season were to end, the Colts would play the Steelers. Steelers being the 3-seed, the Colts playing the 6-seed. Well, we don't actually have to fucking wait. They're playing this weekend. And the Colts are going to take on the free-falling Steelers. Now, you need the Colts to lose this game. Before your fucking Tennessee Titans play. Because your Titans could be playing for the division if they win that game, right? Or is it still come down to week 16? Yeah, yeah, Colts...
1: No, Colts' loss and a Titans' win would lock up the division for Tennessee. However, I think uh, that I don't have that much confidence in that happening, given how Big Ben's looked over the last couple of weeks. If you asked me, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago, what I felt about this matchup, I'd say, yeah, I think the Steelers, Big Ben will pick, them, pick that zone apart. They'll score 30 points and they'll win the big bend that we've seen in the last couple of weeks i fully expect the colts to win like 28 to 13 or something like that i'm hoping that i'm wrong but i do fully expect the colts to whoop the steelers ass
0: dirty little secret time for pittsburgh steelers um your running game is the worst one of the worst in the nfl okay now atrocious. that's atrocious now that's weird right because There's a whole segment in philosophy that says running backs really don't matter. I actually subscribe to it. I believe it. I believe running backs for the most part really don't matter. They're a bunch of great athletes. Now you can have bad running backs. The Steelers don't have great running backs. They have serviceable guys. Guys you would normally consider to be backups. But that's not really the problem. Now Ben Roethlisberger gets rid of the ball faster than anybody else in the NFL. Have you seen those stats? How fast Big Ben's getting that ball out? two seconds, two seconds to throw two seconds. Okay. So now we're starting to add some things up. What would possibly now, we also would say that the wide receiver core for the Pittsburgh Steelers is, is pretty good, right? You agree with me there. It, okay. So it, elite in my
1: opinion.
0: elite. Okay. So the wide receiver core is elite. The running backs are serviceable. The quarterback's getting rid of the ball in two seconds. We know you can't run the ball. We know Ben's arm can't throw it deep. We, we've seen him try to throw it deep. It looks like a catapult that just lobs the ball into the air. We saw him throw deep a couple times. He can't get the ball downfield or accurately. So that's, so that's suffering from the defense. You no longer have to put that guy high up. You just got to put him down in the box close to the line of scrimmage. But they spread you out, right? They don't want you in the box. They spread you out. Four wide receivers. Okay, so why can't you run the ball? And why does, your, why, why does your quarterback have to throw the ball in two seconds? Well, the answer is right there in front of all of those things. The Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line is one of the worst units in the NFL. Bar none. Horrible offensive line. Maybe a bottom like five unit. See, it's masked up the best it can be. You can't throw deep for two reasons. One, Ben can't get it there. Two, Ben doesn't have time to get it there. You can't throw the ball intermediate because Ben's got a guy in his fucking face. And Ben has nothing to do with the fact that you can't run the fucking ball. That's all your line.
1: These... You don't think that this stuff with Big Ben has anything to do with that, that Tommy John surgery that he had? Because I understand what you're saying. But when I watched Monday, Monday Night Football a few days ago, I saw him miss Deontay Johnson at least four times. He's... Where I, I'm looking at it like, Deontay Johnson looks open to me. Yep, But Ben's not getting the ball there.
0: Ben, do- So it, it is twofold, right? Ben does not have the arm. But Phillip Rivers doesn't have the arm. But he's still kicking around high score games. Well, Why? Well, Ben is. uh, Phillip is one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, which opens up the running game, which opens up, uh, you know, I would say it opens up play action, but there's no correlation between play action being opened and actually being able to successfully run the ball. It's more of an instinct thing. Um, But. You, you, the Steelers right now cannot run the ball, cannot throw the ball, and the offense is in free fall while the defense is taking on water because players like Bud Dupree and Devin Bush are out for the year. They've, they've lost some of their stalwarts, and that happens to you, okay? You don't get to play with all your starters. No one really does. But you have to figure out ways to survive, and right now I'm not seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to survive, and with two games left, that actually worries the shit out of me because when I looked at the schedule, the Steelers had the Colts and the Browns. And I said the Ravens will make the playoffs because the Colts or the Browns will lose to Pittsburgh. Right now, as we it doesn't look like
1: it anymore. It
0: doesn't look like that. I actually believe the Ravens will miss the playoffs at eleven and five. Right now, as we sit,
1: that's tough. Missing the playoffs at eleven and five is tough.
0: We're looking at a world right now. Okay, the Browns come up this weekend. The Browns play the Jets. Not. Not great for me hoping a loss there, right? The Colts, as we've already talked about, play the Steelers. Next week, the Steelers are going to play the Browns. Now, if the Browns, if the Colts lose, if the Colts, I mean, the Colts win, the Colts fucking beat Pittsburgh, and the Steelers and the Browns play week 17, winner of that game, winner of that fucking game, man, gets the division. The Browns now have a, here's how this is going to play out. Either the Browns make the playoffs, uh, when the Browns win the division, or the Ravens make the you know, the, and the and the Ravens don't make the playoffs, or Pittsburgh holds onto the division and the Ravens make the playoffs. That's that's what we're basically boiling it down to. So uh, there is room for the Dolphins to lose a game in here. But when we look at the total picture, you need the Colts to lose. I think the Colts are going to win this weekend. I think the Steelers are going to be reeling going into the end of the season. Um, but but we look at that game, we look at the outcome, and we go, that's interesting, very fucking interesting. Um, and the NFL's got to be thrilled that all these fucking teams are going to play each other. That's f- you
1: know – I'm a little confused. I'm still stuck on this Ben stuff. At the beginning of the season, it, he looked just fine. Yeah, you know, like the offense was humming, everything looked great. Where did you? Where did it go wrong for you? Because for me, out of nowhere, he just started looking like trash.
0: The Ravens figured it out. So when the Ravens played them the first time, Lamar had four turnovers. We actually should have kicked the ever-loving shit out of them in that game. the 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 curtain would have came down then. It doesn't happen. We ran the ball for like 250 yards on him. Lamar single-handedly lost us that game. What the Ravens figured out is you don't have to, if the Steelers hit a deep ball on you, so be it. But they can't do it with any type of success or certainty. Meaning that they're actually throwing that deep ball for pass interference. But if you just put your best corners on who they're going to send deep and tell them to play just basic, don't fuck with the wide receiver, play the ball. You they can't hit a deep ball, so now just play everything on the line. Well, you're not worried about them running the ball on you either because their line doesn't scare you at fucking all. So now you start sending blitzes, maybe run blitzes. I you know I I, I actually want to spend time getting more technical on that side of my verbiage. Um, and I will be studying film in the next couple years. Well, throughout the next couple years, more than I do now, I want to take some coaching clinics to really understand it. But basically, teams can just send blitzes and they get home. So Ben has to get rid of the ball instantly. So when be- you you basically compounded it, you know, when people say that you got figured out, well, the Steelers right. got figured out. They're one trick pony. Toss up balls in one-on-one scenarios to your big wide receivers on the outside. Then play ball control, basically using the West Coast offense to simulate the run game. Well, you can't really simulate a run game. You either have a run game to eat clock, which is what you use a run game for, is eating clock and gaining, you know, for some teams use it as a weapon. Most teams use it as an equalizer to run the game down. So you end up looking at this and going, you know, the problem that I find with Big Ben is one, he's always been fucking hurt. Two, he's fucking old. Three, the line's no fucking good. Four, the running backs aren't any fucking good. Five, after a whole season of him still getting the ball out faster than anyone else, he's still getting hit a lot. The Bengals beat the shit out of the Steelers across the board. When's the last time the Steelers got out physical like that on every level, on every level? When when the, the the Bengals literally ran the read option offense and the Steelers had no fucking clue what to do.
1: As soon as you that, turned, that man Brandon Allen was whooping their ass on as, the read option and
0: and everything. As soon as uh you know Ryan Finley's back there fucking quarterbacking for the Bengals, running the ball for fifteen yards. This this was a fucking. Complete domination on the physical aspect. The Bengals won the line of scrimmage on defense. They won the line of scrimmage on offense. And the Steelers have lost players on the defensive line. They have lost players on the offensive line. They do not have the depth to make up for it. They are in a position now where they're in free fall. And I don't know if you have any answers. You don't get healthier as... You know, there's an old adage, right? Uh, we talk about it like, a, we make fun of it when we we're younger, like our grandparents, when the cold comes around, they're like, my knee hurt. So, you know, I can tell the cold's coming in because my elbow's getting stiff. Well, what if you're 38 and getting mauled by 23-year-olds? What do your fucking elbow feels like when it's 25 degrees in Pittsburgh? Not great. That's where we are right now with Ben. It's, he's old. He's hurt. It's cold. The offensive coordinator isn't doing a lot to help him. The offensive line isn't doing a lot to help him. His running backs aren't doing anything to help him. The Steelers have one really good thing going for him, and it's their wide receivers. And to be honest with you, the wide receivers don't hold on to the ball as much as they should. Claypool's tied at the top of the NFL with three fumbles. Juju has two. These these guys have to hold on to this ball. And, and, And actually, math tells us that the number one spot on the field for drop passes is within five yards of scrimmage because the corner's right there and the corner's instantly hitting you as you're trying to make a catch. So when you go oh, the Steelers are seeing a bunch of drops, the Steelers are seeing a bunch of fumbles. The Steelers can't run the ball. I got news for you. Though you're 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 getting closed in on. <laughs> the defense has figured out what you can and can't do. And unfortunately you have no bye week to figure this out. You've got to figure it out in the next two weeks or you're in deep shit. Because you're not so winning the playoff game.
1: For you. With the Steelers, let's, let's say hypothetically they beat the Colts, right? They beat the Colts this weekend. They lock up the division. They lock up either the two or the three seed. In week 17, if you're Tennessee or if you're Indianapolis or Miami, are you trying to position yourself to maybe get Pittsburgh in the first round?
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough. So here's the bottom of the AFC right now. Dolphins, Colts, Browns. Browns, Colts, 10-4. and 4. Dolphins, 9-5. and 5. Uh, Ravens, 9-5. and 5. So those are your teams going in. I, I think that you would much rather play Pittsburgh over the Titans and the Bills. I think the math is really hard to figure out where the 10- Because here's the thing. Even though Pittsburgh falls into that spot, Let's say they win this weekend. They're eleven and four. The Bills are eleven and four. Uh, if they win, uh, the Titans, if they win, they'll be oh sorry they'll be twelve and three, twelve and three, and the Titans will be eleven and four. So you run into a situation where going into the last week of the season, you're the two or the three seat. The Bills, the Bills play the Dolphins, and the Steelers play the Browns. So we're actually in a position where the NFL would much rather the Steelers win this week and knock the Colts down a peg, because the last weekend of the NFL in your hypothetical scenario, which is actually more likely a reality, the Dolphins play the fucking Bills and the Browns play the fucking Steelers. So the two and the three seed are going to be up for grabs at one o'clock on fucking Sunday. Like we
1: need to flex those into prime time. They
0: do need to flex them both into prime time. I want both games on at the same time because that's what we're going to come down to. I actually want the Steelers to play first and then the Bills to play because the Bills win, they get it because they have the tiebreaker. But honestly, that's what we're going to get in the last week of the season. I think that's what we're aiming for. You could really get a Browns, Steelers, Bills, Dolphins, and with the Ravens knocking on the door the last week of the season, I believe the Ravens play the Jets. So, or, yeah, the Jets, yeah. So you're, you're, you're basically looking at if the Dolphins lose to the Bills, the Dolphins are out, the Ravens move in. If the Browns lose to the Steelers, the Ravens are in, the Browns are out. So it's a very interesting dynamic as we head into here because there are a lot of fucking options open. And I've heard a lot of people to, to expand on your thought of like, do you try to get the two or the three seed? I've heard a lot of people, maybe you've heard this too. Have you heard people talking about how the bills of the Steelers should maybe rest their players and not try no. to win out? I, I've, I haven't. Seen I've seen that on Steelers uh, timelines and, and, and. You, you know, like, I just want to say how silly that sounds. You're in a pandemic, and what you're basically saying is, I would rather play on the road. That's what you're saying. I would rather play. Do you know how fucking stupid that sounds? It sounds stupid as fuck on a regular season, but these people out here calling for the Steelers to rest their starters if they beat the Colts this week. I don't understand it. Rest what? You're not getting healthy. The players you need are not coming back. So now you want to send Big Ben on the road to Buffalo and Kansas City? Just kiss your, just kiss the Super Bowl goodbye. You ain't doing that. You ain't winning at home. So I, I heard that. And also that,
1: for a team that's struggling like the Steelers, I kind of feel like you play your guys all the way through and try yeah. to build some kind of momentum. Try to, you're to build not the something. Chiefs who can take a week off and then come out and hang fifty? You're
0: you know? just trying to figure out what works. You're, you're still trying to figure out something that works. You can't go into the playoffs today. You can't. These two weeks, you have to figure out something else that works on your offense. If you go into the playoffs with no new wrinkles and you limp in at 11-5, and five, <laughs> you're going to walk into the Bills and the Bills are going to clean your fucking clock. So, um, uh, you know, these last couple weeks are interesting. Uh, the Steelers and the Colts, the Browns, the Bills... These teams are all going to play really exciting games that we get to kind of churn through. Um, my prediction the Dol- my prediction really is that the Ravens could get left out because when I look at who the Dolphins play, um, the like we said, the Bills may, if, the, if there is a scenario where the Bills aren't playing for anything in the final week of the season, now here's the truth. If the Bills are playing for anything at the end of the year, this is who the Dolphins play. The Dolphins end up with Vegas and Buffalo. Probably going to lose one. The Steelers have the Colts and the Browns. So basically, I need the Dolphins to lose to either the Bills or the Raiders, or the Steelers to beat either Indy or Cleveland. Now, my doomsday scenario, and I'll try to lay this out perfectly, is this. The Steelers lose this week. Colts move to 11-5. and The Dolphins win this week. They move to 10-5. and And the Browns win this week. They move to 11-4. and The Steelers will move down to 11-4, and and the last week of the season will be coming up. Well... That now forces a scenario where the Bills actually will rest their starters. Because the Bills don't need a lock in the two-seed. They already have it. So the Bills now will rest their starters against Miami. And Miami wins that game. They move forward. The Steelers are playing the Browns for the AFC North. And the Browns beat the Steelers. Giving the Browns the AFC crown and moving the Steelers into the last wild card spot. That Steelers team now... Has the tiebreaker against the Ravens and bounces them out, and the last week of the season, the Indianapolis Colts play the Jacksonville Jaguars, which will be a win. So, the way this scenario really all breaks down, if the Steelers lose to Indy this weekend, I am staring down a. I am. I. I now am sure, sure, that the Ravens will not make the playoffs at 11 and five, which will be the first time I, You know, since a very long time, but. Eleven and five might not make it, so that's the AFC. I'm
1: looking at my playoff predictions that I made at the beginning of the season right now.
0: Yeah,
1: and ju- just a quick little update here for you. I think I, right now, I've only gotten one wrong. I had, I had a, uh, I had Titans, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills. Uh, I had Ravens, Pats. So uh, I guess Ravens, Pats might might be an L for me.
0: Yeah, I, you know, the team that's in it in my bracket that I, I have, everything looks about right to me except I'm missing the Ravens in there. Uh, Now, I didn't have the Dolphins in there.
1: Yeah, me neither. I took the Pats foolishly, believing in Cam. That didn't work out so well for me.
0: Yeah, which is disappointing for me not taking the Dolphins because, you know, that's the fucking...
1: Because you were hyping them? (laughs) I know, but I
0: I really thought that they'd have a good season. I just, you know, and look... They could lose these last two weeks. They go 9-7 and, and go, that's exactly where I thought they'd be. Like, that's the truth, though. I thought they'd be right around 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, I just didn't think it would be enough to make the playoffs. And you know what? 9-7 and seven is not enough to make the playoffs in the AFC. So I just got the, I just got where they'd be wrong. Now, look, Steelers win this week. Bills have to play for the two seed. They probably beat the Dolphins and knock the Dolphins out. And the Dolphins will be 10-6 and six and sitting outside. But I digress. Let's move over to the NFC, okay? NFC, a little more straightforward. Now, there is one division that's still up in the fucking air. Uh, well, two, the NFC East, the NFC West really are going to be dealing with each other uh, throughout. And if you want to throw the Saints in there now that they look, you know, the Saints lost to Kansas City, I think they're going to win against Minnesota, and that's going to lock them into the two seed. Um, but we, we take a look now, the one seed, the Packers, the Packers need to just win one of these last two games to clinch the one seed. They play, um, <clears throat> wow, this is actually an interesting game now. They play Tennessee and Chicago. That's Ish. interesting. That's tough. Chicago has started right. to figure out that if you run play action, that Mitchell Trubisky is actually a serviceable quarterback. Oh, here's here's news. If you successfully run play action in the NFL, every quarterback can be a decent quarterback. The list of quarterbacks that have made the Super Bowl uh, running basically just play action. Uh, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, these guys have beaten the entire NFC essentially just running play action plays or running uh, big yak plays, throwing the ball to a wide receiver with space, letting them move. It's mainly offensive play design. Let's just chalk it all up to that. Mitchell Trubisky can do better in a offense that's designed better. We're seeing that he's executing. So.
1: David Montgomery's looked pretty good running the ball the last couple weeks, too. I didn't really like him at at any point, but, you know, you got to keep it real. He's been looking good.
0: I like David Montgomery. (laughs) I keep getting killed for this, but I like him, and then for eight weeks, everyone's like, he sucks, and now he's killing it. I'm like, well, no shit. Your offense looks better when people have to respect it, okay? If no one respects you, if I don't respect you to throw the ball, guess what I'm doing? Stopping the run. But if I respect you throwing the ball, I can't stop the run as easily. That's what you're saying. Mitchell Trubisky in the play action is opening up the back end of the, de- the defense, which is opening the offensive playbook up, which now means that the defense is guessing. And when you have the defense guessing, you have them at your command. Um, the Bears play the Jaguars this week, but they will roll over the Jaguars, and then they will go into... Green Bay for a good end. So the one seed in the NFC still up in the air. I do believe that uh, this weekend will determine it for the Packers. Uh, this is going to be this is this is a game. I I am so looking forward to this game. It's fucking sinister. That this Tennessee Green Bay game I'm going to be drooling over all day. I'm going to fucking drink three coffees before it, and I don't drink coffee because I want to be amped for this fucking game. Let's walk through it. The rest of the games here: we have the Saints at the number two seed. They're going to play Minnesota this week, and then they're going to end up after Minnesota. They are going to play the uh, Carolina Panthers. So that should be they should be able to do that. So we're, we're penciling. We we know the Saints will be in the playoffs, right? We're locking that in. Not too worried. I am worried that Is there a
1: chance that the Bucs win the division though?
0: There is, but Minnesota and Carolina, Saints just have to take care of business. That's it. Run the ball, play defense. Then the Bucs could take it. The the Bucs are a team in the last three years, have you ever seen a team look so good on paper? But just they're just not. The 17th ranked offense, the sixth ranked defense, and I, let, let me let me tell you this: Does the Buccaneers defense scare you at all?
1: No, and I thought that they would going into the season, but it looks like you can pass all over them whenever you want right now. Or uh, actually, all year it's looked that way. And then how
0: about the offense? The offense disappears for entire. We're not talking about quarters, halves. Oh, do you want to know why the offense does that? You know, it's funny because the offense looks good when Rojo's humming along, right? It's funny. Right. As soon as you have balance, turns out that your offense does a lot better. Yeah, it's because your playbook opens the fuck up, and the defense now has no fucking clue which play you're going to run. So that's what's fucking happening. The Tampa Bay offense isn't going because the offensive line really can't clear holes for a running back. Running backs have been hurt all year. That's why they keep flipping people out. It's the same thing that Kansas City's doing. The sneaky thing is when your team's bringing running backs in and out, It I'll tell you what, to me it means two things. It means you're trying to find a running back that can overcome the gaps in your offensive line. And it means that your current running backs are injured and probably not doing well in pass protection. So when they're on the field, defenses are able to key in on pass and run. Because if they're on the field, it's probably a run play. And when they're on the field and it's a run play, you're not typically worried about it. Because the offensive line isn't able to get that push for you and create those gaps. so Because we know the same thing. We know this wide receiver core is elite. So what's it got to be? It's got to be the fact that, A, Tom isn't as good as he used to be. That's easy money. You can't run the ball, and the offensive line is a bit of a problem. You're going to mask that a little bit. Your defense isn't that good. This is a team that I could see... You know, Arizona knocking off in the first round. I think Tampa, Tampa Bay ends the year with Detroit and Atlanta, so that should be two fucking wins. So uh, Buccaneers, I believe, will end up one game behind the Saints. Uh, remember, they have to beat the Saints. The Saints have to lose two here, and the Bucs have to win two. I just don't see that happening with the Saints. So um, the Saints go marching into the two-seed for me and lock it down.
1: You know what I've realized with the Bucks, and and I'm thinking about this because you said that you could see Arizona knocking them out in a first round matchup, is that I just feel like, and and I'm not I'm not football X's and O's expert guy, but in just watching, it looks like there's no easy throws for Tom Brady in this offense.
0: No, every
1: single throw I see, he's he's looking like he's got to put his best effort into fitting that ball in there, and I just don't get why they don't get him more easy stuff. Maybe that's Arian's offense, and it's, I don't know enough about the intricacies of that offense, but it, that man Tom Brady has to work for every throw.
0: It's a very interesting thing with these old quarterbacks. Tom Brady, uh, uh, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and you go, man, it just looks like you're having to put so much into every throw. Well, yes, you're older. You're, the body is moving a lot more to get that ball where it needs to. Where before, that arm used to just flick that ball in. Well, today, the whole body's got to get involved to get that arm. So that's why it looks like that. Two, all these teams don't run much play action. And I think there's a reason for that, okay? And, and it, it, it's, I don't have any science, and I normally like some kind of science. But when you look at Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, uh, Ben this year, they're not running a ton of play action. I think part of the problem with running play action and why it's not so much working for these older quarterbacks is twofold. One, it's mobility. The quarterback has to take its hike, grab the ball, take a couple steps towards the running back, fake the handoff, turn around, get set, reread the defense, throw. That's all that has to happen in that time. Now, if my body... Cannot just throw with my arm. That means I have to run, hand off at 38 years old, whip around, set, then get my whole body ready, and then make the throw. That's tough. Because remember, the other problem is on these play action, it normally means that the defense comes downhill. So you don't have all the time. A, you, you, a lot of times to create, you can see Ryan Tannehill do this occasionally. They'll they'll do the play fake to a side of the offensive line and then roll Tannehill out a little bit, buys I him love more. Those plays. Yep, and they work. But you know what they require? Tannehill can fake that ball, turn around, and then run back up field to set in a new pocket and throw. Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger cannot do that. They can't do that. I
1: was watching. There's no mobility. I was watching this video recently. This guy uh, on YouTube, Alex Rollins, NFL. I don't know if you've ever seen his channel. but, no, he but does I'll check him out. A little more in depth X's and O's breakdowns, and I like watching them because I don't have that strong knowledge right there. And he mentioned some that I thought I'd bring up to you. He says with, with the Bucks, it in. In New England, they ran a lot of pre-snap motion to give Brady an idea of what the yes. defense is doing, give him a clear picture. Of this, that, the other. He said in, in Tampa Bay, they're running pre-snap motion at the lowest rate in the NFL. Do you think that they could do a little more to help Tom Brady, or you think it's just all age?
0: All of these coordinators with these quarterbacks could do better. All of them. I, you you could do better. You can run it a little bit. You know, you are sacrificing your quarterback's mobility, um, you know, kind of giving that to the defense. But I, I'm being honest with you, not running motion makes no fucking sense. The quarterback, you don't have to move. That's just an easy win. Um, I'm going to go on a little little quick history lesson about pre-snap motion and how it came to be. Um, I, I, I really want to say it was the Giants, but it may have been Cincinnati. And And, and I'll have to read this book again. Uh, But basically, play action started, not play action, uh, pre-snap movement started in the NFL when an offensive player, a tight end, lined up on one side of the formation, realized he was on the wrong side of the formation, hopped up, and ran to the other side, and then re-lined up, okay? with An assistant coordinator that I believe ended up becoming the head coach of the Giants, uh let me try to find his uh, just so many lists of names of the giants uh but basically when this tight end hops over to the other side of the field um a he comes over off the sideline everyone's screaming at him how could you fuck that up you know yada 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 the play's successful well when they go back and watch film the line coach realizes that when that tight end moves the whole defense panics The entire defense goes nuts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Giants because the guy eventually went on to take over the head coaching position of the Giants. And then the other member of that squad, I believe was Paul Brown, who then went over to Cincinnati. Uh, No, no, not Paul Brown. Uh, What's that fucking guy? Uh... Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh was part of that team. He was believed the coordinator. He eventually goes over to Cincinnati and then makes the franchise makes the Dynasty in San Francisco. And Dynasty San Francisco was built on that West Coast offense, which had a lot of that play action pre-snap motion. He kind of really uh the, the Cincinnati Bengals actually made that really popular, but he made it he put the name in lights. But basically a player accidentally lines up in the wrong spot. And then they watch film and they go, you know, we should be motioning people more often. So it wasn't something that always existed in the NFL. In fact, it's a relatively new idea is the 70s and you know uh, 80s, um, or I should say 80s and 90s to make it really popular. So uh, the pre-step motion is a newer thing. And what's funny is the old school coaches are the ones that have the hardest time adopting it into their offense. And... When you think about an old school coach, you would hearken back to the 80s and 90s at this point, which then goes back to the root of the pre-snap motion. So these old school coaches didn't learn from an era they literally lived through and now can't execute. And I'm counting in Bruce Arians, Ryan Fickner into that group, the Steelers, and uh, Steelers offense coordinator, uh, Tampa Bay uh, head coach, and Brian Left, which is a protege of Bruce Arians, so it makes sense that that doesn't transfer over. But just quick history tangent: that's where it started, that's how it came to be, and now a lot of the people that are struggling with it are these old school coaches that harken back to the time where it was created. So I think they don't do it because they don't believe in it, Um, and that's funny to say. But Bill Belichick actually has a pretty good uh, diatribe about what is and what pre-snap motion does and doesn't do. There's certain things it does and doesn't do. For example, Peyton Manning never moved a whole lot of pieces. He just lined up, saw what you did, and just fucked you up. Whereas, like you said, Tampa Bay, uh, not Tampa Bay, New England ran a lot of pre-snap motion. That's because they were more intellectual in the way that they wanted to break you down X's and O's, and once they saw you move, they were able to handle what you did. But that's because you had a genius at head coach. Bruce Arians is not that. So the reason why they don't run it um, is they're undereducated, and because of that, we see an underperformance on that offense.
1: That was beautiful. Thank you for the history lesson.
0: I try. I I really like the history of things, uh, especially sports, because you can find a lot of your roots. Um, and with pre snap motion, you see it all the time. You know, let, let's just take a look. A lot of these quarterbacks we consider dead, right? Play action, pre snap motion, both in the same family of deception. But when we really look at it, uh, you know, look, 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 look. Ryan Tannehill, you guys run play action, pre snap motion almost every single play. His resurgence is tied yeah. to that. Baker Mayfield, his resurgence is tied to that. Um, you can even go so far if you want to go. Josh Allen's a mobile quarterback so he op- uh, you know he offers that slash ability that run pass option. Lamar Jackson's in the same boat, Kyler Murray's in the same boat. These players, this new wave almost uh, so, and look no team runs more fucking crazy pre-snap motion than Kansas City. There's always players moving. San Francisco, always players moving. If you look at the top offenses, they all have these players moving. And when you look at Tampa Bay's weapons, you go, you're 17th in the NFL? How? Well, your offense is stuck in fucking 2000. So, you know, uh, y- that's where I look at you and go, you're going to get bumped by someone. Someone's going to bump you. The fucking Cardinals are, you know, you're going to, well, you're going to, uh, Tampa Bay's going to be on the road, so they're going to go into fucking Washington or New York and end up getting beat by an NFC East team. So, um, I, I just think that... uh the reason why you see these struggles is these offenses don't feel like they have to adapt, um, and we know one thing about people who don't adapt—they die. Period. End.
1: So I know that we've gone off on way too long of a tangent on the Bucks and their offense, but I got one more question because now I'm just curious. You think there's a chance Bruce Arians gone after this year and Brady stays?
0: If they lose in the first round, Bruce Arians is gone. Period. And Josh McDaniels will be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks.
1: Oh, shit. How about that? I actually, I, I kind of want to see that, actually. Now
0: that's, I want to see it. Now we're, we all want to see it. Because fuck this fucking archaic offense with all these fucking weapons. Antonio Brown's your third option, your 17th on offense. What the fuck that's- was wrong with you? Well, your quarterback can't move. He can't run all those things. No, he can still... Pr- the the, the the fucking moving on the line, pre-snap motion, that's good. You don't have to do anything with the quarterback. They should be doing it more. It's just not built into the offense. It's not a smart offense. You know what it is? It is a old school, I'm going to line up, hat on a hat, and beat you. Well, no, you're fucking not, because that's not great coaching. You're not scheming around it. That's why they always look lost in these games, because you're like, what are you doing? And they go, we don't fucking know, man. We don't fucking know what we're doing. We're just kind of doing it. And you're like, well, it's week fucking 15. You can't be fucking struggling around with these putsy bad teams. And you look in the mud, and they're fucking in the mud, wrestling around with Atlanta. And you're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, ah, it's going to be close. And you're like, "God, good thing Atlanta blows leads like a maniac because they should have lost last week. Had a 14 points down and a half. It just... i'll close it but but i i think that that's where you're going to see josh mcdaniels next year when the bucks get bounced in the first round because tom brady ain't going anywhere so get your coach of the future and josh mcdaniels let me tell you what josh mcdaniels ain't your coach of the future either that guy's a fucking loser too but he'll be better than bruce arians so
1: i wouldn't mind seeing bruce arians slide over to uh to the chargers and trying to do this with justin herbert
0: Yeah, but I don't want to see Justin Herbert ruined because Bruce Arians wants to put him in an offense that hasn't really ever worked in the NFL.
1: You're right, actually. I have a lot of Justin Herbert in uh, some dynasty NFL leagues, so I'm with you. Uh, I don't want no parts of anything that's going to ruin Herbert.
0: Yeah, right. Any so more than
1: he's probably being ruined
0: right, right. now. Right, so get Anthony Lynn the fuck out of there, and let's get someone competent in there. Honestly, whatever team lands Marvin Lewis, I'm predicting to go to the playoffs next year. Just going to tell you that. Whatever one of these bad teams lands Marvin Lewis, goes to the playoffs next year, Period. Um, Okay, let's finish out this NFC here. Um, We round down the Seahawks, another team where you're just like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to get out of you week in and week out. Uh, They struggle against Washington. They lose to the Giants. Just a really weird team. Um, A little fallacy here about let Russ cook. Uh, It turns out Russell Wilson does need a solid running game or he can't get it done. That's now... You know, it's 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 more fact than fiction. Uh, you just run a too deep coverage on him and say, hey, we're not going to let you go over the top of us. You're going to have to nitpick us below. And while Russell's capable of it, he does also turn the ball over a lot when you put him in that position. So you need balance with that offense. Like most good quarterbacks, you need fucking balance. So Seahawks' defense doesn't scare me coming to the playoff time. I, I don't really view them as a contender for the Super Bowl either.
1: The Seahawks are to me they're the NFC's version of the the Pittsburgh Steelers where not necessarily when it comes to quarterback play but just that team that looked really great out of the gate where now at this point rounding into the playoffs you kind of look at them and go oh, I wouldn't mind playing you guys first right round.
0: Okay, Titans, let me just walk through. Here you're the Titans. We move you now into the NFC. Here's your first round matchup. You tell me when you think you lose a game. It's you versus Washington. That's a dub. You versus the Rams.
1: Not have that as a dub. Bucks. Dub. Cards. W, yeah, dub. but Kyler would run all over the Titans, so close W.
0: Hawks. Close game. Dub. Probably a dub. Probably a dub. Yeah. Saints. That's gonna be tougher, but that, probably a dub.
1: That's where I probably say we might take the L there. Michael Thomas is healthy. The Titans can't stop a, a cold, so uh saints packers is where i kind of go all right these two teams right. could definitely take out the titans
0: when i when you look at the afc right here are the teams you you have to worry about browns already beat you <laughs> bills yeah i'm
1: worried about most of the teams in the afc yeah
0: honestly <laughs> the nfc is a lot weaker so you know as we run through when i look at the nfc i don't think that the super bowl can come out of the nfc here are the teams that i think could somehow pull it out in the nfc the cardinals if they get the defense together and they all and, and honestly, Cliff Kingsbury is holding that offense back so fucking much again. It's driving me nuts. Um, I really look at these two conferences, and when I look through the AFC and the NFC, I see new NFL, old NFL, almost side by side. Seahawks, Saints, Packers, old heads, Buccaneers. Tom Brady, old head. Washington football team, Ron Rivera, old head. (laughs) The the Rams, we've seen them in the playoffs. We've seen that offense. I don't view them as a Super Bowl contender in any way after they just fucking lost to the Jets. So, not a threat. And then you're left with the Cardinals. That's the only reason why I elevate them. Because I know what I'm getting with the Packers, the Saints, the Seahawks. The Cardinals could surprise me a little bit. The Bucs, I know exactly what I'm getting. I'm getting a first-round bounce no matter who they play. The Cardinals could be feisty because of Kyler Murray. So when I look at the NFC, I don't see anybody who's a real threat. I don't think any of these teams are going to be favored against, well, let's be honest, Chiefs, Bills, Titans, Browns, Ravens. I think one of them will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. All of them will be favored against any NFC team. The Browns maybe wouldn't be favored against the Packers. But that's really it for me. If the Browns make it that far, which I don't see that possible, but... I think the Browns are as good, as good or better, than the Seahawks and the Saints.
1: Yeah, I don't have any arguments there. I think the AFC playoff picture top to bottom is better than the NFC. Um, the Packers really, the, in the in the NFC, really, if you made me put a bet on it, the Packers are really the only team that I could see winning the Super Bowl uh, out of right. the NFC. Um, but... Uh, You never know. Teams get hot at the right time. We'll see what happens. But as of today, as of December 24th, the Packers look like the only true Super Bowl team in the NFC to me.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. So, you know, that's it. That's, that's what I'm looking at. It would have been nice if the Packers actually would have invested some of their draft capital to help Aaron Rodgers instead of picking up a backup quarterback. Now, that they're the one seed in the NFC. But, you know, um, some franchises do real fucking stupid shit, and that's what the Packers did. And when we look at the Packers at the end of this year and they make the playoffs and maybe they make the Super Bowl, you go, you know what would have been nice? Any of those great wide receivers could have helped Aaron Rodgers out. Any of those great running backs, good linemen, Anyone other than Can you a backup imagine if quarterback? They
1: had Claypool next to Adams.
0: How about CD Lamb? Like any of them. These guys make freak catches, man. They're freaks. There was like how about Justin Jefferson?
1: Oh man, Justin
0: Jefferson. How about doing anything other than saying, "Hey, since we have our franchise quarterback and he'll probably be really good for the next 3 years, let's squander it." Anything but that. Anything but that. And you did it. So congrats, Packers, you fucking idiots. Um, well, I wonder
1: if they're going to throw a bunch of money at Allen Robinson this off season.
0: No, I don't think they can. I actually, think the Ravens are going to throw a bunch of money at Allen Robinson.
1: Someone needs to throw a bunch of money at Allen Robinson,
0: a contender, get him out of there. Okay. So I think that wraps up NFC. I'm not expecting any team that's not currently in the playoff picture in the NFC to jump up into it. Uh, your contenders. Well, Chicago could, uh, they're seven and seven. Uh, the Cardinals basically would need to lose the last two games of the season. Uh, the Cardinals play San Francisco and the Rams, so two tough division games. It could happen. That also requires the Chicago Bears to win two games, and like we said, they are going to end the season with Green Bay. Green Bay could be resting everyone, and they're playing Jacksonville this week. So they beat Jacksonville. Green Bay rests their starters. They beat the shell of Green Bay, and they they could make the playoffs if the Cardinals drop two games, but that would require the Cardinals to—they are 9-5 right now, 8-6, right now, and six. so— they would have to go um now i i guess maybe there's a tiebreaker they might need to win both these to make it so we're going to see here we're going to see what happens but the nfc is going to have a little bit of thunder and fire towards the end of the year a little bit of moving the afc is the hot tamale though any parting thoughts
1: my only parting thought is, if the Bears replace the Cardinals in the playoffs, I'm probably gonna throw my TV out of the window.
0: Yeah, I don't want to see the. I don't want to see Mitchell Trubisky. Well, like, I, I, come on, guys, like,
1: I'm good on that, and I really want to see Kyler. So yes. if that happens, I'm gonna be sick to my stomach.
0: Yeah, I, 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 just, it's just fucking, it's fucking crazy. Um, uh, I just it, it, that would really disappoint me for the Chicago Bears to make the playoffs so I can watch that fucking thing again. Um, one last thing before we go, which is actually funny is a clip going around. This is NBA talk, but uh, there is a clip going around of Ben Simmons and Dwight Howard putting up shots after the game for Washington last night from three. And it, it's basically them building houses for homeless. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's 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 really funny if you can find it. Uh, Keith Pompey, uh, Pompey on Sixers, tweeted it out. Go find it. I'll, I'll retweet it. It's it's pretty funny. I'm, I'm having a pretty good time watching Dwight Howard and Ben Simmons practice threes.
1: Uh, <laughs> Fun fact, Dwight yeah. Howard hit more threes last season than Ben Simmons did.
0: Yeah, I would bet Dwight Howard hit more threes last season than Ben Simmons did in his whole career. So, Ben Simmons won't shoot a three. <laughs> I, I don't fucking get it. So All right, let's get out of here. You can find Leo... Pick and scroll. You can find me, Pick and Play 37, both on Twitter. Uh, remember, rate, subscribe, review, follow us, track us, send us your questions, send us your inquiries, and as always, stay safe out there. Peace.